0: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we give you all of our praise and honor. We thank you you, that you are the Lord God Almighty. And we pray now that you would work through this service to bring yourself glory and to impact each of our lives. Would you open up our eyes and our minds, our emotions, our, our very being to the wonder of who you are, and let that be something that we experience today. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. So on the front of your program is this provocative question, who is God? And we know who God is through how he's revealed to us in the Bible, and there's just so much amazing truth in the Bible about who God is and what God has done. And we picked a song, a Phil Wickham song, and the lyrics in the song go, it's called A Thousand Names. You've given me a million ways to be amazed at what you've done, and I'm lost in wonder at all you do and then each week we're looking at a phrase in that song that talks about a specific quality of who God is and today we're going to be talking about the fact that in the New Testament Jesus is called the second Adam why is he called the second Adam and that as the second Adam he's able to lead us home but you know I don't want this to be like, oh, okay, now I could probably pass a theology quiz, or I've got some more Bible trivia, if I ever play Bible trivia. You know what I've been praying for us? Is that we would get amazed by Jesus, so amazed by Jesus that we would be filled up with wonder. When was the last time you felt like you were amazed? When is a time that you would describe that you uh, were filled with wonder? You know, I, I think I've learned a secret to how that happens. When when amazement le- leads to wonder, if we could pull that up on the, the screen, just this little chart of amazement leading, or the one before that, to have that? Uh, maybe that didn't make it in. No, I don't think it made it in. Anyway, what the idea, and you can just picture this, that you start with uh, getting amazed. How do you get amazed by something? You, you tell and retell the facts that you're amazed about. So uh, a few years ago when the Minnesota miracle happened and the, the Vikings made the playoffs and there was Case Keeman throwing the ball and Stefan Diggs getting it, catching it. They, he doesn't get tackled. He runs for a touchdown. And I can remember just about every person I talked to, particularly every guy, they would just talk about every aspect of that. They'd go, he dropped back, he, def- he moves from a defender, he's gonna get hit, he th- lobs the ball way down the field, it's hanging in the air. Stefan Diggs goes up, he grabs it, the defender misses him, and he walks into the uh, end zone, touchdown. And you go over those facts again and again and again. And when you hear all of that, you know what happens? You end up having a sense of wonder. Well, today, at the end of the service, before we come to communion, you know what I'm going to ask you to do is to ball up your hands like this. Just try that. Ball up your hands, unless you're feeding a baby. Uh, Ball up your hands, and then... I'm going to ask you one finger at a time. Just open up one finger. And as you do, what I'll ask you to do is to think about one fact for each finger that is amazing about Jesus. And then when you have open hands, you know what I'm going to ask you to do is just for a minute, hold that in wonder. Hold that and think about how much you're loved. How you're cared for, uh, how great Jesus is, and I I do that um, almost every morning. And you know what happens? Is I, I live my life with a greater sense of God's presence and power being active in what we, what I do, and what I experience. So I want to show you that, and I'm going to show it to you from two passages of Scripture. This. Theme in the Bible of Jesus being the second Adam. So you'll see them on the screen behind me. I'll read them for you right now. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 to 49. The Apostle Paul's writing and he says, so it is written, the first man Adam became a living being and the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. He contrasts uh, Jesus and the first Adam. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. But the first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man um, uh, was from the dust of the earth. The second man is from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so are those who who are from heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so we shall bear the image of the heavenly man. And then another time the Apostle Paul uses the same contrast between the first Adam and all of humanity and the second or last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 5 verse 12 and then in verses 17 and 18, listen to what he says. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. Then he goes on, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. See what the Apostle Paul's doing here, and you'll see it in this chart that I put up on the the screen. If we could pull up that chart. He's making a contrast between Adam and all human beings and then, what Jesus came and did. So he says that Adam was a living being and we're all living beings. But Jesus comes as a life-giving spirit. He comes fully God, fully a human being so that he has the power to change everything. Um, It goes that Adam and all human beings have the image of the earth, we're just dust. And uh, the second Adam comes as the image of heaven bringing uh, not just humanity, but bringing the fact and reality that he is the son of God. The amazing truth of the Bible that's been affirmed through all history is that Jesus is fully God and fully a human being simultaneously. And then in the Romans passage, that sin and death reigned. What human beings are good at is uh, sinning, is bringing the sin condition into our world. We all join in it. We all magnify it. We all experience the weight of other people doing sinful activity and action. But Jesus comes as the grace giver, as the one who brings righteousness, who takes what's wrong and makes it right and allows life to reign. So that because of Adam and because of all of us agreeing with them through our sin, that all are condemned. Jesus comes and gives life to everyone who puts their faith in him. Do you see how amazing Jesus is? How utterly unique he is. How how, how powerful and profound he is. Uh, Fully God, fully a human being, but able to do for us what we could never do on ourselves. See, this is what we know is when he died on the cross and he willingly went to the cross by the will of the Father. When he died, he died fully a human being, but fully God. As a human being, he could identify with every one of us. So he was a perfect match for taking on our sin, for taking on my sin. But as God, he had an infinite capacity to take that sin on. And when he died, he put it to death. All of sin, all of shame, all of guilt. And then on the third day, by the will of the Father and power of the Spirit, he was raised to a new new life, a supernatural, natural life, the kind of life that we'll see when we meet him in heaven. And because of that, uh, Jesus places his spirit in our life to give us a, a sense of the eternal kind of life that he intends us to have. He ascends to the heavenly realm where he is with the Father right now. And from that place, it says that if you put your faith in Jesus in the book of colossians your real life is hid now at the father's with jesus at the father's right hand the place of all power and authority so believe it or not if you've put your faith in jesus you already are an eternal being if you've put your faith in jesus you are a person of immense authority and power If you have put your faith in Jesus, it means that your life is destined for glory. Not because of anything that we've done. Not because we tried hard. Not because we were religious. But simply because of the grace of Jesus and Jesus making things right. Think with me about this. Have you been at a funeral lately? I was at two funerals in the last month. Uh, grandma-aged people. And in both cases, the, the women had been uh, cremated. And there, there was a beautiful box up on a table on the stage, like if we had that up here. But you know what was in the box? Just dust. Just dust. You know what? What can you do with a handful of dust? Much of anything? You know what Jesus can do with a handful of dust? He can reconstitute you so you are glorious. He is the life-giving spirit. He is absolutely amazing. He is the only one who can lead us home to God. He is the forgiver, he is the redeemer, He's the transformer, He's is the, the one who uh, changes our mind, changes our heart, changes our very being, uh, makes us new in every way that we could possibly be. Do you know how amazing Jesus is? Because if you knew how amazing Jesus is and knew all that he did for you, You would walk every day in part with a a step of wonder. You know, I think a big part of that is just settling in your mind that Jesus is a lot more amazing and has done more incredible things than you have ever imagined. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite authors in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, he was a philosophy professor out at the University of Southern California, uh, writes this about Jesus. All these things show Jesus's cognitive and practical mastery of every phase of reality. Physically, moral, and spiritual uh, in terms of that sense of reality. Jesus is Lord can mean little in practice for anyone who has to hesitate before saying Jesus is smart. He's not just nice, he's brilliant. He is the smartest man who ever lived. He is now supervising the entire course of world history while simultaneously preparing the rest of the universe for our future role in it. He always, Jesus always has the best information on everything and certainly also on the things that matter most in human life. Jesus is amazing. Jesus is smart. Jesus is loving. Jesus is kind. Jesus is the second Adam who fulfills and completes what we could never complete or accomplish. Take that in, and you'll end up being filled with wonder. So every morning as part of my routine, I pray, I read the Bible, and then I ball up my hands like that, and I just try to make a list of at least 10 things that are amazing about God. 10 things that are amazing about Jesus, the Son of God. And slowly, I'll just unfold them one at a time. You're loving. You're, you're fully God. You're fully a human being. You you uh, are wise. You're smarter than anyone could ever be you you are the life giver you take dust and make it alive you take me and make me alive because of you I could have the Holy Spirit live in my life because of you Lord Jesus one day I will be with you in glory and then when I get that I just hold it there just hold it Try that tomorrow morning. Just hold it in your hands. The wonder of who Jesus is. And when you think about that, you know, wonder is something where it kind of invades either through your mind or your emotion, but it kind of fuses your thinking and feeling, and it gives you a different attitude about life. What if you started every day where you Had the opportunity to realize Jesus is absolutely amazing. Jesus is the living Lord. Jesus is the one that I worship. Well, we're gonna do that right now, and then we're gonna come and celebrate communion. And how better could it be than to celebrate communion on a day when we get to think about how amazing Jesus is. We believe the bread stays bread, the cup stays a cup. We believe that the bread is a symbol of his body broken for us and uh, put to death on the cross. He says the the cup is a symbol of the new covenant in his blood, when you take the bread and you take the cup, Jesus said, do this to remember me. Do this to be reminded of how amazing what I did on your behalf is. Do this so that your life gets caught up in the wonder of knowing God. Well, before we go to the tables, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Stand up right now. I'm going to ask you to ball up your fists. And I'm going to ask you one at a time to release a finger out and think about something about Jesus. If another thought, good or bad, comes into your mind, just deflect it. If you think, oh, yeah, I need to pay that bill later today, just deflect that away and it will come back again. And just let your mind focus on how wonderful Jesus is. I'll cue you then to just hold those thoughts and wonder before we enter into a a time of singing and a time of coming to the communion table. But right now, your list of how amazing, how wonderful Jesus is. Just hold those thoughts right in your hands. Bring them to your heart. Lord Jesus, would you capture our imagination, our emotion, our thinking by how great and amazing you are? Would you let us live with a sense of wonder? And now as we come to the communion tables, Lord, would you seal those thoughts and prepare us for a week ahead so that no matter what happens, no matter what we're about, we're caught up in wonder about all you've done on our behalf. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll be dismissed by Rose to come to the communion table and uh, celebrate communion today.